name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I feel like I should say Happy New Year. <laughs> Our neighborhood was alive last night with noises. I'm sure yours were as well. It seems to be the way of things now. I wanted to share a little experience that I had a few days ago. On Friday evening, I went to a concert, uh, uh, Oregon Symphony Orchestra, the Four Seasons, the Valdi's Four Seasons, and uh, Carmen Suite. And it, the first half of the concert was uh, Vivaldi's Four Seasons. They had this young soloist who was a phenomenal violinist, and all of the orchestra that was there. And then I noticed that some of the violins were off pitch. You could hear very little uh, discord. And throughout the concert, uh, throughout that portion of the concert, I kept hearing that. Enjoying the music, but then coming back to that, wondering, is it the soloist? Is it the first violins, the second violin? Where is this coming from? So at the intermission, I was given a little bit of grace to think to myself, who am I? These are phenomenal musicians who have dedicated their lives to, these, to this performance, to a life of offering music to people. So the second half of the concert was uh, Carmen Suite. It was a very enjoyable uh, piece. And it was entirely different for me. Because the second half of the concert, I was willfully ignoring anything except the beauty of the music. The beauty of what these musicians had brought forward to us. So why do I say all of this? Because we judge and criticize all day long every day. This is perhaps one of the most common things that we bring in confession. I judge, I judge, I judge. We say this again and again. And so often our judgments grow from harmless observations or from a logical conclusion that we make. We accept and even justify our judgments and criticisms through the lens of our logical mind. You see, our mind plays a big part in our judgments, justifying our viewpoints, justifying the way that we look at things. In these two halves of the concert, which one was the more truthful half or the right half of the concert for me? It's kind of a silly question, isn't it? But I could hold on to, well, I'm just seeing discord. I'm hearing discord. I'm noticing that. Someone's wrong up there. That's all. I'm just noticing it. You see how I can justify in my mind my judgment? Or I can withhold judgment, which is not an action of the mind. It's an action of the heart. I can withhold judgment, and then my experience is entirely changed. As long as I listen to my mind and trust my thoughts, I enter into more and more judgment, and more and more I'm sure of my judgments, and my judgments are true, and this is why those people are wrong, or doing things badly, or my spouse, or my children, or my coworkers need to do this and that and the other thing, because I trust my mind. It's a matter of perspective, in fact. It's not a matter of right and wrong. This brings us to St. Basil whose feast we celebrate this day. There's so many things that could be said about St. Basil. 
but I won't even begin to tell you, read his life, I'll tell you that. There's a very brief, brief, brief description on the front of the bulletin. But his life is an incredible life and witness to each and every one of us. But one of the more well-known things that he said was he was asked about Greek pagan philosophy, and there were some within the church that said, reject this, this is not Christian, don't even read it, don't even touch it. There were others that said, no, there's great goodness in this, the teaching of virtue and the understanding of the world that's good in this, that we as Christians can understand. And so he gave the, the analogy of the bee, which I'm sure many of you have heard, and how the bee goes around and just takes the sweet nectar from each and every place. And he used this in the analogy of Greek philosophy, that there is much that can be drawn out, while the rest that is not within the Christian understanding of the world can be set aside. But just taking the nectar from each and everything. So St. Paisios, a recent saint, expanded that analogy a little bit more to talk about the opposite of the bee, which is the fly. He says... Some people tell me they are scandalized because they see many things wrong in the church. I tell them that if you ask a fly, are there any flowers in this area? It will say, I don't know about flowers, but over there in that heap of rubbish, you can find all the filth you want. And it will go on to list all the unclean things it has been to. Now, if you ask a honeybee, have you seen any unclean things in this area? It will reply, Unclean things? No, I have not seen any. The place here is full of the most fragrant flowers. And it will go on to name all the flowers of the garden or the meadow. You see, the fly only knows where the unclean things are, while the honeybee knows where the beautiful iris or hyacinth is. As I've come to understand, some people resemble the honeybee and some resemble the fly. Those who resemble the fly seek to find evil in every circumstance and are preoccupied with it. They see no good anywhere. But those who resemble the honeybee only see the good in everything they see. The stupid person thinks stupidly and takes everything in the wrong way, whereas the person who has good thoughts, no matter what he sees, no matter what you tell him, maintains a positive and good thought. So again, the question, who's right, the bee or the fly? It's a silly question. This is how we justify our judgments is by what is right. I'm just telling the truth. I'm just saying it like it is. This is just what I'm seeing. Can't you see this right before you? These are all of our justifications. And yet that's not the lens that we should be looking through. The lens we should be looking through is what perspective do I want? Do I want to be a honeybee? Or do I want to be a fly? Both are correct. One is salvific, and one is the opposite of salvific. This understanding our judgments outside of the context of whether they're right or wrong, or whether our, our viewpoint is correct, and understanding it instead in terms of our perspective, our view on the world, changes everything. Because we begin to stop trusting our own thoughts. Because what we have to understand, as I said to you, which would you rather be, the, the fly or the bee? We're all flies. 
we're all flies. And until we get that, we can't begin to understand, well, how do I become a bee? Becoming a bee will not come about by looking at the filth in the world. By looking at, because so often we think about this in terms of scandals in the church, or wrong teachings, or wrong political ideologies. I'm not concerned with that. I'm talking about actual people. Actual people. Yes, certainly, if I think some politician is wrong, I think badly of them, and that's wrong. But I'm talking about our day-to-day -day lives that we have around the people around us. What do we see and notice and criticize and judge about the people that we love, about the people where our love is short, about the people we're walking past on the street, about the people that we work with every day, about the people that we're sitting around with in church, on and on and on. Because what actually is happening when we do this is we put up a wall. That's what I experienced in the concert hall. There are these beautiful musicians up there, and now a wall has dropped in front of me. I no longer can fully be in communion with them because all I can hear is the dissonance every once in a while. And by God's grace, that was dropped. Sure, it's a small example, but this is the story of our life. Our life can be dissonance or it can be a symphony. And once that wall is dropped, then I have communion with the person in front of me. This is what we must understand when we judge, is that we put a barrier between us and the other person. It is impossible to not cause that barrier and yet still judge. It's impossible. Every time we judge, we're putting up a wall between us and another person. Whether it's someone that I profess to love or someone that I profess to hate, I put up a barrier. But it's not just that I put up a barrier. I can't judge unless I'm also on the judgment seat. You realize that, right? If you judge, you are in the judgment seat. So where does that put you? Above the other person. So not only have I put a barrier between myself, but I've also placed them below me because I'm the one who's worthy to judge these, these people who have dedicated their lives to playing the violin about how they don't have their fingers right when they're playing their instruments. I put myself above them. And this is what we do day and day within our lives. We cause a barrier between ourselves and other people and we place ourselves above them. And when we judge, we don't just put a wall between us and the other people or put ourselves above them. We also do this towards God. Understand that when we judge, we put a wall between ourselves and God himself. St. Paul said to Romans, Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, for it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore let us not judge one another any more, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or cause to fall in our brother's way. When we place ourselves into the judgment seat, that means that the judgment seat has been abdicated, has been overthrown by us. That's what St. Paul is saying in there. He's saying, you're judging another servant. Who is the judge of that servant? The master of that servant. 
And when I judge, I make myself the master of that servant. And whose place did I take? God's. And again, our Lord himself said, Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. You see, when we judge, we turn away from God. One of St. Basil's famous prayers is the prayer of the hours. We say this prayer within the small compline service and in the hours. And in that prayer, it says, describes God as long in patience, great in mercy and compassion. You love the righteous and show mercy to sinners. This is who God is. He is a God of mercy and compassion. So if we want to be like him, if we want to be with him, we too must show mercy and compassion. And so our Lord continues after that saying, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Perhaps you've heard this story from the Desert Fathers about a monk who wasn't a very great monk. He had troubles with different sins, but he never judged. He never judged. Because he understood these words so clearly. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. And our Lord says this again in the Gospel of Matthew. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And the measure you use will be measured back to you. This is why, ultimately, we cannot judge. is because every time that we judge, we place ourselves in risk of judgment. No matter what. Now, I have not qualified at all what the judgments are about. Don't think right and wrong about this. Think judgment and not judgment. Because so often, another thing that we do is instead of saying judgment, we say, you know, I'm using discernment. I'm just sort of figuring out the situation. But if we look at what's going on in our heart, there's a hardness that is occurring. Because what must happen ultimately to move away from judgment is we have to get out of our mind, stop trusting our thoughts, and move into our heart. Anything that we have that's a thought about another person that is negative puts a wall between us and them, puts us into the judgment seat, separates God from us. Now I say all these things because as I gave in the example, I can be incredibly petty and pathetic about judgments. We all can. But these are the judgments that I'm talking about. Because I could come up here and say to you, don't harshly criticize and don't, you know, lay huge criticisms against people. I don't even want to talk about those things. I want to talk about all the little ways that we judge and that we allow judgment because we say it's not judgment, it's just telling the truth, it's just this, it's just that. My brothers and sisters, let us make this resurrection, this transformation from being a fly, fallen in our way in human nature, and be reborn into a honeybee. And the way that we do this is we don't trust our thoughts as much. We look at everything in terms of communion with the person in front of us, even the person on the television screen, wherever it may be. We look at it in terms of union with that person, union with God, and in this way, 
we will defer all judgment of God. He said it here. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Amen.